This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What's going on, Bulls Nation, and welcome in to another episode of the CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. What's going on, everybody? I'm Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Big Dave is on Twitter at Bow, BWL Sports. Bow. Will Gottlieb over there is on Twitter at Won't Gottlieb. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Hanging out here at our West Loop Studios. Uh-huh. The sun is out. It is. Spring. Hopefully, is right around the corner. It's, it's going to be like in the mid-70s on Saturday, you guys. I don't believe a word of it. There was snow on the ground yesterday. There was. So I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all. No. Well, uh, what was it like uh, up there in Wisconsin, Will? It was cold. Yeah? It was a cold day. Walking yeah. walking back to the car after the game at like 1045, always a cold experience. That's because Wisconsin sucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they did, however, come I say, out on I say top. Yep for that one. <laughs> Uh, of game Kennedy. one, <laughs> Bulls drop a heartbreaker after a valiant comeback, um, and kudos to them yeah. for not rolling over and dying after True. that big Bucks first quarter lead. Bulls even briefly took the lead late in the third quarter, back and forth fourth quarter. The Bucks make a few more plays than the Bulls do down the stretch on a night when the Bulls' big three shot terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk today a little bit more about what adjustments we might see the Bulls make from game one to game two to try and keep their, you know, keep themselves in it and have another fair fight and a chance to steal a game in Milwaukee yeah. in game two tomorrow night. Um, I think what we talked about uh, at length on post game uh, after game one was how we were moderately impressed and pleased by what we saw from the Bulls defense. So let's start there because I think that there were good things defensively that the, the that we saw from the Bulls. But there's still room for improvement in certain areas. Yeah. So, Dave, I'll start with you. What did you like and what did you not like and hope to see the Bulls correct on the defensive side going to game two? I mean, I've talked about it a lot as far as just the actual effort from the team that I wanted to see. And Will, talked, Will said it a million times. One thing would happen and then everything would kind of collapse. Mm-hmm. And they had many moments where they could have had that collapse when Giannis throws it off the glass and tips dunks it to himself. Is one of those God, moments. He is so good. He is so <laughs> damn good. All right. Um, the foul, the fake foul from Giannis on uh, Patrick Williams when he was just boxing him out. Like those moments, we're used to seeing them fold in that. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And what I liked was, in, as the game went on, it seems like they were figuring it out. And I hadn't seen that for a while. And they, they saw it and they said, oh, you know what? We're going to start swarming on these big guys, you know, as soon as they get the ball. We're going to use the defense that I was used to seeing, which is that death by a thousand cuts kind of defense. Soon as somebody got the ball, swarm immediately. They were swiping at the ball. They were trying to get it and trying to get out and actually run. We hadn't seen this team get out and run in I don't know how long off of those kind of turnovers. So it was great to see that. It was great to see it on multiple possessions also. Back-to-back-to-back possessions. Turnover, stop, turnover. Like, it was going down like that for the Bulls, and that's why they were able to take that 69-64 lead 
for that brief moment in time. And it felt good. And Matt and I were in here dancing all over this place when that was going on. I was trying not to dance in the press box. I feel you. I feel you. But but that's that's what I liked seeing is they saw it early and they thought about it and they figured it out. And shout out to Billy Donovan because I'm sure he has a lot to do with it as well. But, yeah, I like the fact that they just had the poise and, and they didn't give up and they didn't quit and they kept fighting and kept going at it, man. And I hope that continues going in the game too. Yeah, you, you hit on a lot of it there. I would say – you know, watching the game, they went down nine early, and I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> Time of death, 90 seconds in. <laughs> um, but I was, like, sitting there watching them very proud of their uh, ability to, like, take a punch and get back into the game. That's mm-hmm. something that, as we've talked about, they just have not been able to do. And I think it was a result of being able to problem solve on yeah. the fly. Um, one of the things that I wrote about today, um, just – Yes, I can palm a basketball. Will is palming yes. a basketball. It's one of the many wonderful things. Shout out to AK. Confirmed. AK is in every single one of our shows. <laughs> super fan, man. You are just such a baller. We Shout love out you. To you. Not, a, not a super fan of us, just a super fan of the Bulls. That's yeah. right. We'll you take, oh, we'll, somebody's we'll talking Bulls? We can get. Here yeah. I am. We'll take it where we can get it. Absolutely right. And, um, yeah, I mean, they they corrected problems. The, the first couple of possessions were Giannis getting down the lane, um, coming down the right side, coming down on the left side, completely just going around the Bulls' defense. Right. Yeah. And then on that third play, he walked up and hit a you know transition three, three yeah. Billy mm-hmm. timeout. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you saw after that was the Bulls start to really funnel him towards the middle of the floor where the help was. The idea d- to defend Giannis is put four off uh, you know out of position guys mm-hmm. into the middle of the lane. And just make him go through you. Mm-hmm. And if he if the Bulls don't funnel him to those guys, he can just go right around and go to the basket. You can't yeah. stop that. Yeah. So I, I think they corrected that and and played uh, just had like a really good game plan that for the most part they executed. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the death by a thousand cuts defense, like mm-hmm. you said, doubling in the post, getting back out on rotations. Um, I, I think for me in terms of adjustments, a lot of the stuff it was really good. I was very mm-hmm. pleased with the game plan. I thought Billy coached. Um, an awesome game, and Mark wrote about it today at lchgo.com. Um, I think they just need to tighten things up and execute a little bit better because I think the the basic sort of fundamentals of what they were trying to do mm-hmm. was exactly right. I, I also say what I liked was they didn't play to them. You know, they played their way. Mm-hmm. They did it their kind of style. They didn't say we're going to match up big on big kind of thing. Uh, we're not going to, you know – all Tristan all day long, you know, whoever's big is going to guard Giannis kind of thing. They they didn't do that. They they said, no, we were comfortable with our guards being out there, you know what I'm saying, playing this defense, and we'll put multiple people on Giannis. You know, Javante will get a shot. Caruso will get a shot. Everybody get kind of a shot. We're going to give up the rebound, and we know what we're going to do, but we're going to play our kind of style. And I like that more than anything, is they said, no, we're, we're not going to play up to you and, and what you think we should do. And what most people would do, you know what I'm saying, when they're defending Giannis, we're going to do it our way. And when you're doing things your way in anything, it kind of works a little bit better, right? Yeah. There, there is that little lingering fear, though, in the back of some Bulls fans' minds, myself included, who say, like, okay, you, there was noticeable evidence of the Bulls playing defense much better than we'd seen them play in a long time. That's the best Bulls defense we've seen in a long time, sure. I thought. Yeah. However... The Bucks did him a solid by having a bad shooting night. Yeah. Uh, Joey, you want to throw up that uh, these stats on what the Bucks did? Shooting in game one, 40.5% per, 40 from the field, 26.3% from downtown, Ugh. 10 of 38 specifically behind the three-point line. You see some of their key shooters mm-hmm. from behind that three-point line just 
awful, awful, awful. <laughs> um, That's good stuff. Which is you like that one. Well, I like that one. <laughs> but also, sorry to cut you off, Matt. Like they shot eight percent better from the field and eight percent better from three than the Bulls did. Yeah, <laughs> right. So exactly. I mean, I guess it's uh, the question is who do you expect to have a better shooting night in game two? The Bucks. The Bulls improving or the Bucks improving? Bucks. And my money is on the defending champs, sadly. Yeah. I think that they are going to shoot the ball better, so the Bulls will have even more to make up, if that makes sense, as far as what they what can they get away with versus what do they what do they need to do perfectly. And so for me, you look at a couple areas. First, Giannis. Okay, twenty seven points on ten of nineteen and mm-hmm. six of eleven from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. To me, it's it's crazy, but that's like a you contained Giannis game. It is. Like under 30 points, only, you know, barely shot 50% from the free throw line on his 10 plus attempts. I don't know if the Bulls can defend Giannis better than that. Or if we're about to, or if we're in for a monster Giannis night because he's pissed that he only scored 27 points in game one. What do you guys think? Um, it, I don't know. That, that's, that could be either way. Uh, I liked what they did, though. I'm just saying I really like what they did against Giannis, like you said. Like, they let him be Giannis, you know what I mean? Like, doing what we do, because not much you could really do, you know what I'm saying, against him and about him. But, again, they played their kind of style, you know what I'm saying? And th- that swarming style on him was annoying, you know what I'm saying, for him. And the other thing that was un like is 6 of 7 from the free throw line. 6 of 11. Six, excuse me, 6 of 11 yeah. from the free throw line. That's not really a Giannis thing. Usually he's missing a little bit more, you know what I mean? And I don't know. I don't know. It, he might have another game uh, in game two where he drops 40. It's possible. He's Giannis. He's that damn good. Or 50. Or, or 50. 60. It could be a thing. It could definitely 70. be a thing, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right now. <laughs> but I still believe in what the Bulls are doing against him. And I like the game that they played. Like, even in those four games that they played in regular season, one stands out in my head. Like, oh, my God, Giannis truly was a monster and destroyed the Bulls that game. And he got to the line like a million times Mm -hmm. in that game. You know what I'm saying? So I like what they did on this, man. And I'm interested to see how the Bucs adjust to the Bulls' defense and what they do to play to their strengths to try to, you know, quell what the Bulls were kind of doing against uh, Giannis and the other big men. Yeah, I think at this point in the series, I I wouldn't expect to see very many like major adjustments from either coach. Uh, you do have to like budget into this that Giannis is going to have a forty point game at yeah. some point, if not multiple. Um, so in that sense, you know, in addition to the Bucks shooting poorly, you mm-hmm. kind of feel like you had a missed opportunity, right? You did. Um, but to your point, I think they defended him well. I think they did the right things yes. to defend him. Um, but they did give up a lot of open threes, and mm-hmm. the Bucks <laughs> did too. Uh, but I just you can't expect for for those shooters um, to to miss as many shots. And mm-hmm. w- when you given up when you're giving up so many open threes, it's like a when it rains it pours situation, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So I think the the snowball effect of just not hitting any threes for both teams yeah. just kind of like led to more missed threes. So right. um, I do expect a little bit more offense. Giannis only played 34 minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah. had some Fouls. foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, Should have fouled out. Really? Yeah. So the, no, that wasn't over the back. That, that was clearly a foul on Patrick Williams. You guys <laughs> clearly you're not, allowed, down you're not allowed to box out. No, it's no. not a thing. Especially no. against seven foot tall giants, you're that's, not allowed to box out. That's not a, a paddling. We're not <laughs> salty about that at all. <laughs> the old guy from The Simpsons. I know who it was. That's why I'm laughing. When he's the substitute <laughs> teacher. That's a paddling. That's a paddling. <laughs> yeah. Talk back. That's a paddling. That's a paddling. <laughs> 
Um, oh man. <laughs> the other the other thing that was frustrating to watch on a night when the Bulls defense I think did a very commendable job overall is they still let the Bucks um, crush them on second chance points. Like in the second and third quarters when the Bulls were making their way back and it felt like every time they were about to make some big punctuation mm-hmm. on a little mini run that turned into a bigger run, mm-hmm. they they failed to secure a loose ball or get the uh, or get the rebound after a Bucks miss. Yeah. So you know, I went back and checked, and this is wild to me. The Bulls actually won the battle of the offensive glass they in did. Game One, sixteen to eleven. Wow. And some of those sixteen was like Vooch missing a tip in, which was like, come on, Vooch. But they lost, or so they won uh, offensive board sixteen to eleven, but still lost second chance points to Brook uh, to Milwaukee nineteen to thirteen. Mm. So it was like Milwaukee capitalized on damn near every single one of their second chance Correct. opportunities, their Correct. second possessions, and the Bulls didn't. Yeah, they can't let that happen. Assuming that the Bucks are going to have a better shooting night, and they could be in for a forty piece from Giannis. You know, while you're saying that, the play that pops into my head was the three pointer from the corner. I think it was Grayson Allen. And he misses it. They get the rebound and kick it to the other corner. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And to Bobby Portis, Bobby I believe. Portis, yeah. And he drains that one. That, that that's the stuff that's backbreaking. That's the stuff that hurts more. More so for me than the actual getting it and tipping it back in because I accept that because of how big they are. But giving up, missing that three and not getting that loose ball and then giving up another three, that's what the guards are supposed to stop, right? Yeah. And I think, I mean, Matt. Uh, beat me to the punch here. I was going to say the same thing. Like the Bulls actually won the offensive rebounding battle, which is something that you don't typically see. Uh, they were last in the league in offensive rebounding percentage this year. Wow. But, uh, and, and just, I mean, that's a strategic thing. They're trying to get back in transition. Um, but I think it was just like a lot of louder ones for mm-hmm. the Bucks, where it was like Giannis barreling into the paint, missing, and then put back dunk. Right. Yeah. Or, uh, getting a three and then kicking it out for another open three. Whereas the bulls were like tipping and missing tips. And yeah. um, so th- they just felt a lot louder, but again, these are the, these are the things that uh, are a little bit more controllable that they can try to take away uh, as far as boxing out, as far as getting back in transition and preventing some of those easy, like I think 15 seconds into the third quarter, Billy had to call a timeout because yes. right. Middleton got all the way down the floor yes. right. after a make. Yes. I mean, these are the things that you have to take away uh, I do think they played good defense. I also think they got pretty lucky with the Bucks missed threes, mm-hmm. but they still have some things that they really need to sharpen up for game two. And that's why I don't really foresee any major adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, but but to the Bulls' credit, I do think that their attention to detail was so much better Correct. than mm-hmm. it has been for the past couple weeks. 11 yeah. turnovers, too. Like, that was huge in that part. And also. like you said, th- there were still just a handful of those possessions where, and, and that one was after the Bucks pulled the ball out of their own hoop because the Bulls actually... Yep. Score. They had a bunch of those. And and it's like, how do you get beat in transition when you just put the ball in their bucket? Like, that is the kind of stuff that's unacceptable. That's the kind of stuff that has Billy storming onto the court. (laughs) Chewing that gum. 30 seconds into a quarter, (laughs) calling a timeout. Yeah, chewing that gum was just like, oh, dude, your jaw is not okay. Um, But, okay, so last thing on the defensive side, and then we'll move on. Our pal Mark, we were discussing this in pregame, Will, while you were up there in Milwaukee. We all had our, our roundtable uh, column, uh, and one of them was hot takes for the series. And our pal Mark said he thinks that by game three, Billy might switch P-Dub off as primary Giannis is your responsibility defender and turn to Javante. Mm-hmm. Neither of them necessarily were like the staple defender on Giannis and I think a lot of possessions it was a group effort by the Bulls to get in front of him stay in front of him and slow him down 
P-Dub played 23 minutes as a starter. Javante played, what, 17 off the bench? Yes, correct. How do you see that changing at all, if at all? Javante did a better job. I, I mean, Pat has the size and the strength and what should be the ability to be able to, like, give Giannis at least, like, mm -hmm. some trouble, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think Giannis struggles more when you get into his airspace, sort of get underneath him and have leverage on him to where mm -hmm. he can't put the ball on the ground mm -hmm. uh, because that's where he just gets ahead of steam and, and it's over. Mm -hmm. That's why like Tristan, whenever he's guarding him, Giannis backs up past mm -hmm. the three point line. Tristan stays there, drops back, tries to keep him in front. Mm -hmm. But what all that does is get Giannis like just gives him that much more space an hour to runway just get to his just train barrel moving yeah. Yeah. and go to the basket. And I think you really need to press up on him. Uh, and I think Pat, uh, along with Tristan, are guys where it's like you want to try to they, they think you want to lay off him to try to contain and keep him in front. But that just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's not a thing. man. And I mean, Javante, I knew he was out there. I think that's the best way I can say it. I knew he was out there. With yeah, Pat, Pat put no imprint on the game. Correct. Correct. He, he kind of disappeared. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You forgot he was there on, on outside of that foul call. And the only two times I think of Pat in that were two negative plays was that foul call and the three-pointer he didn't take. You mm -hmm, know what I mean? Those yeah. are two things that pop out in my head when mm -hmm. I think of that. And I, I, that shouldn't be the case. And I expect more from him uh, coming into this series. I'm, and I know it's your first game. I get it. It's your first game. You're guarding a two-time MVP. Defensive player of the year, a champion. What an insane. I get that. But like, you got to get out there and responsibility. make Responsibility. Like, right? first playoff game, missed an entire season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here you go. Guard Giannis, this man. two-time MVP. Right. You know? Most unstoppable player <laughs> in the entire league. Good I just, luck. I just want him to let him know he's there. I'm not ex – I don't expect him to, you know, go head up against him or anything, but I just want him to let him know, yo, I'm here and I'm a problem. You know what yeah, I mean? You got to deal think, with me. I think he did on some possessions. I think he guarded those turnaround jumpers – off the block pretty Ooh, well. That one he hit was nasty. Though. I mean, Giannis is going to make those. Yeah. It's like Dirk. You just you can't defend it. But yeah. I think Pat, with the length there, has a better chance to alter those Agreed. shots than Javante does. But Agreed. the other guy that I thought did a great job was Caruso. Mm -hmm. uh, he picked up an early foul, and I was a little worried about him mm -hmm. being able to stay in that game. But he is just so damn good. And, again, crowds Giannis's airspace and just makes it really hard for him to get all the way to the basket. Mm -hmm. um, on the post, I, I thought the doubles came quickly. Giannis has gotten so good at swinging the ball out, but just making life hard for him, getting the ball out of his hands where they can, and then still trying to recover to those shooters before they can yeah. start hitting eight of eight and whatever it is. True indeed. Yeah. Um, all right. We're, we're also going to talk about potential adjustments uh, on the offensive end. Oh, we got a super chat. <laughs> Gavin saying hello from the UK. Great work as usual, you guys. Thanks, Gavin. Wait, Thanks for hanging Gavin. out. What's the conversion us? rate on that? That's one seventy nine in euros. What, what's the conversion I think conversion that's like a, a buck fifteen US buck dollars, 15 here? something okay. like that. Right. Maybe a buck twenty five. All right. Ours is less than theirs. That's what I know. Really? Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. I'm joking, Matt. Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> These are jokes, Some man. people pay attention to, you know, <laughs> currency conversion rates and some people don't. I do. I, I, I also don't, but I was just like, last <laughs> I checked, the euro is worth more than the American dollar. This is a fact. Um, all right. Uh, points bet. We got three NBA games tonight. You know, you know, Parley Pack's coming to town. And by that, I mean, I'm staying on my couch, but I'm going to be active. <laughs> Best way to support CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. If you do it right now, mm. you're going to get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000, which, as we've discussed, is an incredible deal that you should not miss out on. Free money. 
free money. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you get a free, free. CHGO membership, which mm-hmm. unlocks all of our amazing web content, like the columns that were written yesterday and today by Will Gottlieb and Mark Kay, mm-hmm. covering game one, every other Chicago sports team, all your favorite Chicago teams. Um, plus, you get that free T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. I got my first pick. few in the mail yesterday, y'all. Mm, Check out these Look at shirts. it. Look at it. I love it. It's nice. You can pick this one. You can pick anyone you want plus yeah. access to our members only discord channels one for each chicago team yes so uh it's tuesday mm-hmm. which means points for the pick of the week i'm looking at these three nba games tonight okay there's a big fat spread in favor i think i saw miami minus 10 Ooh, against great. the hawks in game two uh-huh. i don't love that i'm thinking maybe trey trey and the hawks had an awful shooting night in game one they i think they're gonna play better so i don't love that spread Pell's Suns, I think it's like 10, 10 and a half, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it could be, a, a, you know, another comfortable win for the Suns, but the Pell's kind of, you know, chipped into that late yeah. in the game, even though the Suns controlled it from, yeah. from start to finish. Mm-hmm. The one I'm looking at is the 7.30 tip, Chicago time, game two, Wolves-Grizzlies. Not only was game one wildly entertaining, it was, what a game. and I'm looking what forward game, to game man. two. I love basketball. It's fun. The spread is Grizzlies six and a half, minus six and a half. Okay. And I'm thinking... I bet the Grizzlies are really pissed about losing game one at home. Very. And I think they're going to bounce back, and I think they're going to punch the Wolves in the face. (laughs) Did you see the John Morant, what he put up on Instagram? No. He put up the video of Michael Jordan when he was sitting in that locker room with the baseball bat. Talking about talking about PJ Armstrong talking trash and that Hornets series. Let's see it when it's 0-0, baby. Let's see it then. Put that up. They're going to be ready. It's going to be entertaining, man. Yeah. That that further uh, gives me confidence in my lock being, I'm I'm going to take some of that uh, Grizzlies minus six and a half action tonight for my points bet pick of the week. Lock it up. Lock, baby. You lock it up. (laughs) Drew, lock it up. We don't have the lock. We have the hammer. So you can download that points bet app right now. If you live in Illinois, you can do it from your phone. Super easy. Online sign up available. You do it now. What are you waiting for? Because once you don't, once you start, once you start, you don't just bet. You do what? You live your bet life. Thank you. With points bet. You're, you're better at it than I am. Just do it. <laughs> you, you rock the ads. You rock the ads, man. I will. It's really easy to get excited about a points bet ad. Because then I just, I just like, while I was in the middle of that, I just started thinking about parlays in these games tonight. Because <laughs> so, as soon as we finish this episode and then I post this episode, that's immediately what I'm going to do next. Yeah. Just start building some parlays I, for tonight. I tried to make a parlay uh-huh. at the Bucks game, at the Bulls-Bucks game yeah. in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it because it's Wisconsin. You were across the state line, man. I was across, I was in enemy One territory. One of a million <laughs> reasons why Illinois is better than Wisconsin. You can't use points bet up there. If you're going to go to game two... Lock them in today Correct. and then drive up. There you yeah, go. That's my advice. I almost feel sorry for Wisconsinites for not being able to have that fun. But then again, it is their fault for choosing to live in such a garbage state. <laughs> well, they've got the Packers and, and the Bucks, so I like I said, I don't feel too bad for them. Garbage state. I don't know that. Uh, all right, moving on to the Bulls' offensive side of the ball from Game One, which was, Ooh. as we briefly mentioned. Not great. Uh, Joey, let's take a look at that Correct. Bulls big three. Ooh. What they did from the floor Ooh, in game one. Ouch. 21 of 71. Ooh. Four of 22 combined yeah. behind the three-point line. The lone bright spot is that they were collectively 14 of 15 from the free throw line. Woo-hoo. But considering that two of those three are DeMar and Zach, you would hope that 
Yeah, that's frame above 20. That's not enough. Like, you no. you know, especially if you're not hitting your shots, you got to get to the free throw line more than they did. I yeah. think in the, was it the second or third quarter where they got into the bonus with a couple minutes to go? Mm-hmm. Like, they need to be downhill going at Giannis, going at Brooke Lopez, making sure that those guys are paying right. or trying to protect the rim. And the Bulls just, like, really could not get anything going to the basket. And you have to credit Wes Matthews, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, all those guys for True. pushing them out. Yeah. But, I mean, foul drawing was a key in that game, and mm-hmm. I think they did a pretty good job. Going to have to do even better if they want to get more free throws, more easy points at the line, and also just, like, take the bucks out of their game a little bit. I mean, yeah. we saw what happened to Zach Levine once he got his fourth foul. He's completely removed from the yeah. game. Just Try gone. to do that to Giannis. Try to do that to Drew. Yeah. They got to go at those guys. I mean, that's the best way you got to say it. There's nothing else to add to that. You have to do that, especially when your three-point shots are not falling like they were. And I thought it was going to be a key in this series, you know, three-point shooting. But, I mean, the other key is going to be getting to the foul line, getting easy buckets, getting easy shots. I liked how the Bulls would slow it down. Anytime they got a rebound, they slowed it down immediately. And you saw them thinking and then making that decision to try to get to the bucket, to try to make that move up there. They have to do a better job of that. And – I know it's I know I know it's on Demar and I know it's on Zach, but I'm gonna need a third person to get to the bucket. Like somebody else that has to try, has to penetrate and try to get to the bucket. Who who is that guy for that's you? That's what I'm saying. That's why I said third man. You know, that's why I didn't even put a name on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because no, it has to be point. someone. You know what I mean? I don't know who. If, if it's Kobe, if it's Io, if it's Pat, I don't know. I don't know who it would be, but they need just one more. And I'm not saying they got to do it all game, but they got to start keeping these guys honest is all I'm saying. Like, they have to give them something to think about. Not worry about, but think about. Like, wait a minute, he might go to the bucket. You play a defense a little bit differently. You're on your heels a little bit more when somebody might go to the bucket and you're anticipating it like that. So you got to put that kind of thing in their hearts. And I think the key there is going east to west, getting the Bucks defense, shifting side to side, mm-hmm. changing halves of the court where – you know, DeMar maybe comes off a stagger screen and gets a handoff going towards the basket. And now the weak side wing has to step up mm. to cut that drive off. Now he gets it over to Zach and Zach has the ball, you know, attacking a closeout. That's right. where you can do damage. Nice. And we saw a little bit of that. Um, I think that's what I'm going to focus on for tomorrow is just like, how did the Bulls get the ball in motion? I think that's such an important part of getting the Bucks defense off balance because they, they just love to sit back and protect the paint and say, feed us with jumpers. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. And they really need to penetrate and get into the heart of the defense. Agreed. And, and, like, look, that's why, to me, when you talk about shot selection in game one, some Bulls fans had a problem with it more so than others. And, you know, like, Will, you wrote about this before game one, and then Mark touched on it after game one, and one of his thoughts about what he liked from Billy was that Billy told his guys, look – these above the break threes are going to have to be a part of our offense mm-hmm. if we got a chance of beating this team. Mm-hmm. It's what they give up defensively. Yeah. And I don't care if you start 0 for 5. If that three is open, you have to keep shooting it. And if I see one more Bulls fan on Twitter, I swear to God, who says, Vooch, stop shooting threes, I'm going to hunt you down and I'm going to punch you. The green <laughs> veins are up. popping. You have to shoot those open yeah. threes. Here they are. Yes, my veins are popping. <laughs> You're so right, though. But, I mean, he's not wrong. Yes, so even though he went two for ten, you have to take those open threes that are given to you. Yeah. There's a balance between, I think, for, for a Bulls team that is simply at a disadvantage, right? Like, they're just not as good. Mm-hmm. There's two things you have to do. One is slow down the pace and basically in, improve the variance that way mm-hmm. where you just force the Bucks to have to make shots. Right. 
And the second thing is increase variance, ratchet up the variance by shooting threes. And I think there's this push and pull of how much do we want to sacrifice our identity here mm -hmm. to try to play the math. Mm. And I think the above the break threes are the perfect middle ground where this is the, this is what the defense is giving you. You get these shots super easily because every time you put a, a bucks, big man in pick and roll, they're just containing the ball. Mm -hmm. So Vooch has all these open looks above the break and he's got to keep taking them. I mean, I would, I would even want to see more than 10 mm -hmm. uh, threes attempt in this game. Um, I want to see more three-man action between Zach Vooch and Damar trying to get those guys open looks. I mean, this is where you can do damage uh, in terms of variance, in terms of what the Bucks are giving you um, and what shots, like, you know, the, the Bulls can take in the flow of their own offense. Mm. And to that point, I think that's why we also saw Derrick Jones Jr. out there like that. Not not only because, you know, they wanted to play the small ball lineup, but also, you know, spreading the floor. You know, him actually. Airballing those corner threes. Airballing those threes, <laughs> man. They got to go up. You know what I'm saying? They do. They really do. So, yeah, and it's, it's, him it's so weird because the Bulls were one of the best. I think they had the best corner yeah. three percentage they for did. the first 60 games. Yeah. Of the season. It was like he over was 40%. 40%. He was 40%. Um, and now all of a sudden, it's like. Caruso's airballing. Yeah. yeah. Derek Jones is airballing. Yeah. Javante won't shoot. Pat won't <laughs> well, shoot. Io couldn't get in the game because he wasn't shooting. Right. Pat uh, won't shoot. It's just so weird. But, I mean, if they have any hope of getting themselves back into this, they have to make shots, right? It's not, yeah. not like crazy of a statement. You got to make shots. <laughs> I mean, Maddie it, legend. speaking of, you know, Caruso also being ice cold, JDH in the comments said, you know, AC can get to the bucket some. I don't want AC always parked outside the three-point line. He can attack the Against that Bucks front line, I, I'm I'm not sure I'm buying that. Yeah. I, like I think basically the entirety of Caruso's offensive game right now is, and it, you know could be because he's playing hurt well, or the rust. It, but if you see it, how he attacks is usually on transition. In transition, that's how he attacks the bucket mm -hmm. or on a back cut. Back that's cut. How he's getting to the that one pass he got way. from Vooch in yes. the third quarter when they were making that run. Exactly. It was it was Caruso making a back cut. Correct. And that's and how all, he does his. Go ahead. Please. You also saw him on a couple of possessions as the role man where he's setting a screen, getting that short roll pass, mm -hmm. and both he and Vooch were diving, um, and they can kind of play some interior passing games. Right. Like, uh, it's really hard to involve guys uh, who, who are just expected to stand on the perimeter and shoot if they're not confident, not good shooters. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if Zach and Damar aren't scoring the, the ball the way that they need to, mm -hmm. I think they have to get rid of the ball quicker get more side-to-side -side action so that they can open up driving lanes and back-cutting lanes. Mm. Uh, KOTM Productions. Okay. Bring Levine off the bench. Scroll up, Joey. Uh, bring Levine off the bench for a while until he regains some confidence in his shot. Let Kobe start game two. Look at, look at AK. Look what AK says immediately to that. Um, thank you for the hilarious jumping-off point. You're wrong. But let's use that as an opportunity now to talk about the Bulls' big two of Zach and DeMar, specifically mm -hmm. in their performance of game one. Uh, bring Levine off the bench. You're crazy. Um, good luck with being crazy. Mm. I, good luck look, with being crazy. Clearly stupid. there – and, Will, you talk, you mentioned it briefly, the fact that, like, Levine got out of his rhythm mm. when he got that, you know, that additional foul and that he was basically a ghost in the game from there on out. Mm. If, if anybody I thought between him and DeMar looked like they were settling for not quite the kind of looks that they want, it was DeMar. And, and we've seen that with DeMar when they played the Bucks in the regular season where instead of getting to exactly the spot on the floor where he wants to get to, to knock down his mid-range game, to be lethal in his mid-range game, he doesn't get quite there. Like he ends up shooting his mid-range from a little further out or yeah. 
you know, one step or one step left or right, mm-hmm. where it's like when you when you see Demar get to his spot and he rises up, you're like, that's going in. Yeah. And against the Bucks, including you know, in in game one, it's like it's not quite as comfortable of a spot. And you and when he rises up to take it, you're like, that that might not go in. And he has a shooting night like the one we saw in game one. Yeah, he's truly a rhythm guy. You know what I'm saying when he's shooting, he knows the moves and things he wants to do. It's the same thing. I mean, it's it's boring when it's great. You know what I mean? Like most great players, when they do that, are boring. They have like five shots. You know, Jordan had like five shots and Wade and all those guys that Kobe. Like it's like five moves. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna do and they're gonna get to those spots. Like and that's what Demar is doing. So when his game looks boring, that means he's in rhythm and it looks good. When he's out there like. Uh, improvising, it, it looks like it did yesterday. You know, the turnovers were occurring. They were taking away that, like you said, that comfort level for him. He did, he was trying to figure things out. So by the time he got to those spots, he was already kind of out of whack and was just missing everything. And even he was like, dude, I don't know what the hell that was. Like, what was that? I do like the fact he said, yo, it ain't going to be like that in game two. I'm going to come back much stronger. They, I like that you're saying that, but I need to see it. Though. Yeah, I mean, they, they can't afford for it to be that way again. There's no way they have another – shooting night like this and lose by less than 10. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, DeMar, and you have to credit the Bucks' game plan, which was basically like, we think Drew and Wes can make life hard on Zach and DeMar, and we're going to let them try to score one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And if they if we need to, we'll start pulling out the traps, but let's just see what they do. Right. And we'll take away all the shooters. We don't think anybody else on the Bulls can hurt us. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can just neutralize DeMar and Zach one-on-one. They could. And next game, you know, DeMar and Zach have to do a much better job getting to their spots uh, and also just making their shots. I mean, I think they both had good looks at the basket. And Mm -hmm. then, I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive because of how much the Bulls struggled against these traps uh, the last kind of quarter of the season. But I I really think that if if the Bucs aren't trapping, it basically means that DeMar and Zach are just having bad games. Mm -hmm. And in order for the Bucs to get sort of tilted on defense they need to draw two Zach and DeMar need to draw two to the ball and the right. Bulls have to take advantage and they just weren't able to do that yeah true and you know like with with Zach it's to me it oftentimes been a question about shot selection mm. I didn't necessarily think he had a bad shot selection night like he just missed he even like I think you you mentioned it in post game after game one will that up and under he had right in the beginning of the game, oh, where like yes. that that's that was automatic for Zach all season long. Sure was driving from left towards the hoop, mm-hmm. goes up and under, and he just like shanked it. And I think that was one of two layups that he missed. And then the one that I think maybe some Bulls fans took issue with was when they were down three late. It was like the final minute, and he came around a screen that wasn't a great screen, and like rose up and took that long three, mm-hmm. like a good step and a half behind the three point line. And I can't remember which Bucks player, but somebody kind of contested it from the back as he was rising up. Some may say that's a bit of a hasty shot. Like, yes, you're down three, but there was still over 24 seconds left. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think about that shot Zach took? I didn't hate it. Honestly, that's the shot Zach takes. Like, that's what he does. He takes those kind of shots all the time. It and lo- he and, makes them. And he makes them a majority fair of, amount the of the time. Yeah, so that's his kind of shot. Like, that was his kind of thing. He got to his spot, the shot he wanted to take. Didn't matter if he was up on a line or a little bit back or anything like that. I thought it was within rhythm of what he was doing. It was just his off night. You know, he went two for ten. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was a bad shot, dude. Like, if it was – if Zach was six or seven from three that game, 
Maybe that's a different when you're looking at it like, oh, I don't know well, about Jack that. Jack for six or seven like from three, the Bulls win. But they win that game. <laughs> that's what I was getting to. Like, you know what I mean? That's the difference because it wouldn't have mattered because you're winning that game. But, yeah, he was having an off night, but I didn't have a problem with him taking that shot. I like the fact he had that confidence in his first playoff game to want that shot, to want to take that shot too. So I, I don't have a problem with him taking it again. Like, get out there and shoot it again. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That was a shot he needed to take. Um, somebody asked him a Asked Billy about it post game, um, and basically Billy said like that's a good shot. The only thing I would question is like, did he have a lane to the basket? Mm-hmm. And but I mean the situation was like 30, 35 seconds left. The Bulls are down three. Uh, basically, you have a clean look at the shot at the basket. Zach's one of the best three point shooters in the league. Give me that all day because the alternative is even if he drives to the basket and gets two, you foul. They make two free throws. Now you're in the same position with less time on the clock, and you mm-hmm. still have to make a three. Great but point. now it could be like an even less uh, open and in, in, in the flow of the offense three. So I thought it was a great shot. I thought it was a very heads-up play. Um, definitely a little bit quick, mm-hmm. but, I mean, they just ha- they have to take that shot. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you guys. You know, I just posed the question because I saw Bulls fans talking about yeah. it after the game. Uh, but Oh, they're it, emotional sometimes. Uh, that they are. That they are. <laughs> we love you, though. So, you know, like, to me, it seems like we're all kind of on the same page in that maybe not a whole lot of offensive adjustments from game one to game two. You got the looks you got. Yeah. They didn't go down. If it looks like DeMar or Zach is heating up and then the Bucks throw traps at you, then it's about, all right, how do you adjust in-game to that happening? Like and I, can the Bulls do it better than they have done it in the past this season? Like, I, I think I said that's a terrible shot probably twice during mm-hmm. that game. Yeah. Like, all the shots they were taking, it was just clanking and missing, including layups. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were just missing layups. So like, frustrating. Super frustrating. I, I, I did a nice little sprint up and down this joint <laughs> a couple times because they were missing layups. And we we didn't get that, you know, that timeout three-pointer. You know what I mean? Like, that timeout three-pointer we were missing. And they were open for it. You know, guys were open for those shots. They just weren't falling. Like, so I can't sit here – and overanalyze certain things because I'm like, but that's the shot you're supposed to take. That's how it's coached. That's how it's drawn up. It just didn't go in for them. Yeah, the one thing I wonder about game two is do the Bucks kind of realize how open they left Vooch mm. and sort of readjust the way that they're guarding these pick and rolls where maybe Brooke gets back out to the shooter a little mm-hmm. bit sooner, leaves the contain. And if that's the case, then I think that opens DeMar up for some more driving lanes. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But I, I totally agree. I mean, I think the Bulls basically need to continue to take the shots that they're that the Bucks is uh, are allowing them to take. Yeah. And I think they did a great job of, of sort of getting to those spots. Um, need to continue to put more pressure on the Bucks defenders, uh, getting to the paint, getting to the basket. Um, but I again, I just I like what they did. I do too. I enjoyed it. Just yeah. didn't go in. That's <laughs> all. Just, just missed a lot in. of them, including we were talking about this before we came on in the office, but hanging around the office. But a lot of shots, including Vooch's threes, that went halfway down and came out. Which yeah. is like, God, that is infuriating when you come that close to getting a road win. Yeah. But playoffs. he didn't. He didn't stop shooting. And no. I think in the past he said like, I don't care. I mean, I know he's like a anti-analytics guy, mm. and will just like say that he wants to take the shots where he's comfortable. 
But again, this is the shot that the Bucks are giving him, and real credit to him for continuing to mm-hmm. hoist those up. I mean, he hit his first one and then was one for nine the rest of the game. So right. mm-hmm. uh, he he just needs to keep shooting. Yeah, you saw how they were playing him on that pick and roll. Like as soon as you know, what I mean, Demar went, everybody went with Demar. Mm-hmm. Like they were just giving him that shot. Like go ahead and take it. And you're right. That's gonna be interesting to see. Like if they continue to do it that way, if the guard kind of lags off of Demar, but. I don't know. I, I don't think they will because I think they could kind of live with Vooch maybe shooting or hitting threes. Then they can with DeMar getting into his rhythm, you know what I mean, and going off on them because that's easy money if you're going to put him up against a big man, you yep. know, Robin Lopez. That's easy cash money for him. Yeah, the only other sort of idea or suggestion I have is, like, putting Zach in more screen and roll actions with DeMar where, I mean, they ran it a couple times with Kobe. He would come up set a screen and just slip right out of it going to the three yes. point line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I tweeted out a video of him in the first quarter, basically just standing there too long, allowing two bucks to collapse on DeMar. And then when he finally popped, DeMar had no passing angle, Drew stole it and they went down the other way. Uh, DeMar got on him. And then in the second and third quarter, they ran that play a couple of times and got some good looks. And mm-hmm. Zach is just better than Kobe. Right. So yeah. I want to see them uh, really challenge the bucks defenders to have to make decisions there and um, whether it's switching, whether it's um, doubling or whatever it may be, like the, the plays where you have your two best offensive players, it's just so hard to contain. So I want to see more of Zach um, getting open looks that way. And, and speaking of Kobe, we're going to, uh, coming up in just a minute here, talk about him and some of the other young guys on this team and whether or not we're going to see a shift at all in minutes uh, mm-hmm. as far as the back end of Billy's rotation and also take a look at some of the things that Billy said following game one about limited minutes for some of these younger guys. Uh, So we'll do that coming up next. But first, Big Dave, give the people one more quick reminder about all the fun available to them at PointsBet, would you? Oh, I think I'll do that one time for you, Matthew Peck. Thank you. Because if you enjoy CHGO, y'all, and I know you do, one way you can help us to continue to grow is to download that PointsBet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. Because not only are you going to get those two, one, two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, guess what you're going to get? Take a guess. Take a guess. Take a guess. You're going to get a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of that awesome web content, and you'll even get this smooth, cool, free CHGO shirt of your choice. Don't even have to be this one. There are many other awesome ones just like that one you can get for yourself, and you can get that all of your choice from that CHGO locker. And all the people in this beautiful state of Illinois, you can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. Sorry, Wisconsin. You will be signing up with the (laughs) fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Because once that game starts, you don't just bet. What you do, Will? You live your bet life. With PointsBet. Joey, one time, please. Money, money. Oh, love that. Pack loves that one. I love he that. He does. That's because that's early Family Guy. That is mm-hmm. Brian from Family Guy. Yes. He's at some fancy party and he's peeing on a potted plant in the corner of the room, <laughs> holding a cocktail, singing the money song. Money, yeah. money. <laughs> Outside of peeing party, that, that's Pack. <laughs> outside of that, that that's Matt. Yeah. I have never urinated in a potted plant said, at a fancy cocktail party. I said outside of that. And notice how he said he's never done it at a fancy cocktail party is what he just I've said. I've never done it ever. Oh, there you go. That's what I wanted to hear. Thank you very much. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Give me some credit. <laughs> have I urinated on a plant outside before? Sure. 
Sure. Sure. Who hasn't? Inside. Come on. Fair. Give me some credit. Okay. All right. All right. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <For that. laughs> yes, I am. I'm very proud. I'm very proud, man. That's, that's a low bar that's, today. Yeah, that, that's, it's a low that's step even over. more offensive to say that you're proud of me for that. I'm proud, man. All right, all right. Good for you. You want that one? That sounds even worse. Hey, hey, Peck, <laughs> I'm proud of you for never getting arrested for public urination. I'm proud of you for never doing it inside on somebody's plant or even on the floor or anywhere. <laughs> that's so good little stuff. Of me, folks. That's Hide good your stuff. Plants. Hide your plants from that. <laughs> Hide your kids, hide your wife. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, let's talk about Billy's rotation. Yes. So, P-Dub started, only played 23. Uh, Javante, 17 off the bench. Uh, we touched on that a little bit earlier. Io with just nine. Uh, and, and so, Billy was asked about that after the game. I'm not sure if it was you or, or somebody else, Will. But So, he talked about this when it came to Io and just the younger guys in general getting some uh, fewer minutes in game one. He said, how the group's going, performing on both ends of the floor. What do the matchups look like? So it was just a night where Io didn't play a lot of minutes, but that doesn't mean it was part of the plan coming in. It was just kind of the way the game went, mm -hmm. end quote. Um, so, I mean, do we think we see a big adjustment of any kind as far as the back end of the rotation and who gets minutes? Because to me... And I agree, and Mark included this in his evaluating Billy's Game 1 column that's available right now on allchgo.com, is if there is an adjustment I'd like to see, it's take those seven Tristan Thompson minutes. I knew you were going to say Get them out of here. Get them out of here. Just you zero, give him zero spread minutes. Spread that around. You, you can play Javante 22 instead of 17. Maybe Io gets in there for another minute or two. Or just give those minutes to Derek Jones Jr. Derek okay. Jones Jr. played 10 Maybe he plays 17 instead. What do you guys think? I mean, his two points and two rebounds didn't do nothing for you? They seven did. Minutes they did little for, for you. And it, what's crazy is they did more for me than Derrick Jones Jr.'s zero, zero points, points and two rebounds and one assist. And airballing a three. I just think the Bulls play better defensively when Jones is on the floor than when Tristan's on the floor. I don't have an argument for that. I agree with you. You know what I mean? It's more fluid, you know what I'm saying, than what they're doing right there. But he's going to have to play. Like you know, I, He's uh, going to have to be out there. You know that play you mentioned before? Uh, it was uh, Pat Connaughton, not Grayson Allen, who got oh, the corner three. Thank you. And then offensive rebound, kicked it back out to uh, Bobby Portis. Portis for the other side, mm -hmm. corner three, which he made. Uh, two breakdowns on that play, both Tristan's fault. So mm -hmm. it wasn't just that he wasn't contributing on offense. He was, like, causing harm on defense. Causing harm. And that's why he had seven minutes, and he was about it there. And I think the the larger picture sort of philosophy here is, like, I've got these five guys off the bench, mm -hmm. and I'm not really sure what I'm going to get from any of them. Right. Which is scary. That's that's a very scary concept. Yes. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, I'll give you a couple minutes. If mm -hmm. it's working, great. You've earned a couple more minutes. Right. If it's not working, sorry, man. Like, this is the playoffs. Yeah. If you're not contributing, you're not playing. You can't play. And and that's the thing. If And I promise you, if Derrick Jones had come out there and shown – even hit one of those threes or something like that. Or not falling over. Or not falling <laughs> over. You know what I'm saying? Transition. Or something like that. You you would immediately see Tristan's minutes out of here. You know what I'm saying? It would have been down. But, again, he still doesn't know yet who can do what. Like, he's still trying to figure out who does what and who can do it great. Like, he, okay, you play a little bit of defense, but you can't score. Kobe, you know, you got the scoring going on, but it took you a minute to figure that out. You know what I mean? I can do that. Io, I still don't know yet. You know what I mean? Like, it's Javante, you, you're out there, but you, you couldn't score any points. Like, he still doesn't know who, 
who's who's stepping up to do it. Like somebody has to literally step up and take it and show like, no, this is me. This is our time. This is what I'm going to bring to you. And this is why I need to play Maddie Legend. <laughs> I think <laughs> the one of the bigger questions, though, is like at the five, like the back of five isn't just like these lineups where you're playing Tristan and Vooch together. We didn't see any of that, thankfully. Um, but how long can you get away with Derek Jones at the five when you've got two seven footers? Yes. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. Bucks front court. Yeah. Um, the, I think the Bulls did a pretty good job of boxing out and getting rebounds. I think especially Zach had mm-hmm. some noticeable where he wasn't just trying to sprint out and transition, but he was getting back uh, to recover the boards because you have Vooch and other guys like boxing out, but not necessarily being the ones that can grab the rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, very much a gang rebounding effort. And then to my earlier point of slowing down the pace, um, they just they can't necessarily try to rush out and transition. It's got to be grab the ball, yeah. get the board first. Um, I definitely want to see more of Derek Jones. Like the rotations look a lot better with him. Um, he's just faster and longer and can cover more ground. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to have to sacrifice something in terms of defensive rebounding and probably in terms of, you know, three-point shooting. But I think the alternative is not as good. And also, I, I think a key part of Derrick Jones being out there was the early foul trouble that Lopez got in. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to have to, you know, focus in on those kind of things because either him or Giannis can't be out there, you know, if you're going to play that kind of lineup. And I'm, I'll take my chance with Bobby Portis. That's fine. Um, yeah, that's a but, very good point. But, yeah, getting Lopez in foul trouble early on, and that's going into Vooch and things like that, but getting him in foul trouble early on is going to be key, I think, for that Bulls bench about – getting the guys in and playing the way that we want to see them play. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. You can't really get away with that as much in the Giannis and Lopez lineups just because even if you have Pat guarding Giannis, it's like a really tough matchup for Derek to keep yeah. Lopez out of the paint. And people forget, like, he was a dominant post-scorer back <laughs> in Brooklyn before yeah. he, like, turned mm-hmm. into this sharpshooter. Yeah, so yeah, out of nowhere. He's, yeah. He's really Bulls fans would recall that from their first-round <laughs> series against Brooklyn yes. in 2013. He's yeah. a beast. Back when Brook Lopez was – an all-star on that team. Bulls in seven. Um, <laughs> I think uh, that comment Robinson that uh, Joy had just oh. put up, uh, people ball. ragging on your boy, Maddie Legend, Dave, saying uh, if Maddie Legend plays in play, uh, any playoff minutes, my anger meter will hit 105. Hey, 10 point. Is that supposed to say 10.5 or No, I'm going to say 105. He know what he's saying. Yikes. Somebody okay, got to shoot, man. From uh, Osvaldo. Hey, I wonder if that's the Osvaldo who called in with a rock auto jingle back Ooh. in the day. If it is you, Osvaldo, shout out, shout out sir. <laughs> he got his kids to call into our Locked On voicemail hotline Dude, and I'll- made them sing a rock auto jingle. <laughs> In, in the style of Adam's family. It was amazing. I got to hear that. Oh, was, dude. I might have to pull that out. It was, if the Bulls cried. win. Fantastic. It, it the Bulls win tomorrow. I might need to hear that. It was. It was yeah. great. Right? I was oh, going to say, on the topic of Matt Thomas, like, yes, he's probably not good enough to be out there, but no. <laughs> the Bulls shot 7 of 37 on threes. So right. I'm saying, man. That, well, I mean, he, he has been, like, taking one dribble and, you know, take, dribbling out of threes. Yeah. So that, I mean just wouldn't work but they need somebody to shoot the somebody ball yeah shoot, well man. and i saw somebody in the comments mentioning when we were you know debating tristan versus Derek jones jr like Derek can't be out there if he's not knocking down that corner three we've discussed that plenty like is it in fact does it still stand that he hasn't made a three since the all-star he's break? made no no he's had no, a game where he hit couple. two okay he had a game okay. where he hit two so um it's still he was, in the teens though but and then just like you know Zooming out a little bit, you look at the Bulls' bench production, which mm-hmm. has been an issue all season long. Yeah. Sometimes that's not necessarily their fault because they've been so shorthanded. Right. So their bench is starting, and their bench bench is, oh, dear God. <laughs> but they had 
so the Bulls uh, got outscored by the Bucks bench la- uh, in game one, but just 16 to 14. Mm. That's another element of a game that has me nervous in that the Bulls were in this one in game one and it might get out of hand in game two because if you expect a bigger night from one of these teams, one of these two teams bench in game two, mm. I, I mean... Kobe White had 12 points. Outside of that, the rest of the Bulls bench combined had two points. That's, that's I don't feel great about that. Whereas, like, Bob, we know Bobby can go off. Yeah, if Bobby gets he hot, he can give you 20 he off can. the bench. He can. Not to say that Kobe can't, but that version of Kobe hasn't existed in a while. Well, well let's talk about Kobe because sure. he came out firing. And yeah. he, he absolutely needed to. I mean, that's his value, right, mm-hmm. is to be that microwave bench scorer. And I, you know... I mentioned that moment where he kind of messed up on that screen with DeMar early on the game. I loved the way he responded. Yeah. He came out firing. Uh, he had a couple of open looks that he missed, but he had, I think, the most made threes or tied for the most made threes on the team. Like, that's who yes. he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, defensive failures aside, like, the Bulls have to be able to score with these guys. So yeah. um, I, I do think in a certain sense he's competing for minutes with Io. Mm-hmm. They played together quite a bit, but – uh, Kobe, I think, is continues to be a, a real key for the Bulls just because of the lack of shooting. And also, my, my favorite Kobe play from that game was when he got the rebound, he takes it the length of the floor, he brings it back out kind of a little bit, just slows down, looks around, and then continues to go to the bucket, lays it in, they go up by five. I thought that was key because he only do, is doing that kind of thing when his three-point shot is hitting. Mm-hmm. When his shot is hitting – he is much, much more confident. He's more competent also. like It just works like that for him because you talked about it um, on that play, and I watched that video, and I was like, man, Will is smart. <laughs> like, like, does that break that? It was great, but it was, it was a great observation to show that, you know what I mean, because the, I like how DeMar was like, dude, he, he was scolding him because he let him know we're coming back. You know, we're going to do this again, so you're going to have to pick this up. I think it would have been a little different if some of those shots weren't going down for him. You know what I mean? He might have been in his head a little bit more because his confidence has shown throughout the season. It goes up as his shot does. Mm-hmm. If his shot's hitting, his confidence and IQ and all that stuff is going up also. But also I wanted to ask, it's one more shooter on this team, or well, a guy who likes to shoot on this team who's on the bench, and that's Troy Brown Jr., does he get an opportunity in this as far as the three-point shooting? Because he's not afraid to shoot it. He'll throw and, that thing from half court. And he got real minutes in that game, game 82 against Minnesota. He, he did. And it was like, oh, this is the version <laughs> of Troy Brown Jr. that the Bulls thought might exist when right. they traded for him. Right, right, right. I, I'm interested to see if he gets an opportunity just because he's not afraid. Like, I, that's kind of what I'm looking for now. I'm looking for people who are not afraid to shoot yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, you miss it. You see, we dealt with it, okay? You missed it. But I need people to take the shot, you know, when it's available to them. Yeah, Billy has talked a lot in the past about, like, getting lost in the competition. And I think that's a great way to put it. If you're so worried about missing shots or, you know, having defensive miscues, whatever it may be, like, you're you're not going to be present and confident in your shot. And I think Kobe was able to sort of bounce back and get out of that headspace. Mm-hmm. And that is, like, so key for him. Colossal. So, I, I agree. Like they need guys who need, who are going to step up. They need that third or fourth scorer to compete with these guys. I mean, they scored eighty six points. Yeah, they, yeah. they need something. No, uh, that might get it done in might the nineties or the early two thousand. <laughs> but speaking of Kobe's headspace, and then we'll get out of here. Um, I saw somebody in the comments said Kobe needs to uh, Alfredo said Kobe needs to come into the game and think offense. And look, I I get what you're saying, and you're not necessarily wrong. 
I, I think it's interesting, though. I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, Casey Johnson had a column that came out this morning talking to Kobe about this playoff series, his first playoff series in the NBA, and saying, mm-hmm. I'm focusing mostly on defense because that's kind of the debate people have had in both nation is, okay, well, if Kobe's shot isn't falling, can you even really afford to have him out there because his defense is, no offense, Kobe, so bad. Yeah. So it seems like Kobe's focus has not been on who's getting more minutes, me or Io, is my shot falling, how am I getting my looks, where am I getting my looks on offense? He's trying to focus on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll be interested to see if I make, you know, if I notice anything significantly different from Kobe on the defensive end in game mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. but as far as you and, and Kobe and maybe being in his head too much, apparently that's where his head is right now, is focusing on defense and not offense. I mean, if that's going to help him shoot, then okay. <laughs> right. Like, focus and it, away. And it could you just be mean? lip service. Yeah. And, and not like, well, I'm going to say I'm focusing on defense. Like, it could be true. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's it's a way for him to stay on the floor. Yeah. Because if he, his shot isn't falling, then you can't play him. Yeah. So if he has something to fall back on, which is even just like slightly sub-average defense, mm-hmm. Now you can re- rely on him. You can keep him out there and wait for him to get hot. Right. Whereas now right. it's like if he doesn't come out hitting threes and he's getting killed on defense, like you just have to pull him. And then there's no way you can get some of those shots to start falling if he's just on the bench. So um, I, I like that he said that. It's obviously like never been a part of his game and who right. knows how real that is. <laughs> just like does any commercial tells us with him and I. I'm a shooter. I'm kind of more of a scorer. They don't shooter. pay players to play defense from what I understand. <laughs> He gonna find out Jabari! when he gets this check. Shout out to Jabari Parker, <laughs> young legend, Bucks legend, Jabari Parker. Oh yes, That's Bucks right. legend, Chicago Second legend, overall, overall pick, pick. two time legend, baby. Mm. Uh, all right, before we get out of here, let's remind our fellow Bulls fans one more time: if you guys haven't RSVP'd yet, one you can game. still do it. We are having a watch Woo! party for Game Three. Uh, at Third Rail Tavern, right around the corner from our studio here in the West Loop, downtown Chicago. Around the corner. Dave and I will be there. Yeah. Will sadly won't attend because he'll be at the UC down the street covering the in game spirit, for us. Baby, in spirit. But a bunch of our other fellow CHGO colleagues and friends will be there. Joey, you coming? Affirmative. Affirmative. Joey's coming. Oh, he had no choice. That's what you want to hear from somebody coming to a party. You showing up at the party in a year? <laughs> Affirmative. Affirmative. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, there is a pin tweet at the top of CHGO underscore Bulls on Twitter right now yes. with information and a link to that event, right, where you can go and RSVP and let us know that you're going to be there. Free to enter. Free. Uh, great food and drink and great company. Yes. Well, I, I'm not promising myself as a part of the great company. <laughs> I might be obnoxiously stressed out and loud yeah. and myself. But you can stress together. Stress yes, together. We can stress that's, together. That's Port what group. CHGO is all about, stressing together. That should be at the top of the page right Bingo. there. That should be a shirt. Stress, stress together. together. Yes. <laughs> with a period. There it stress is. Together. So go and sign up and RSVP. Let us know you'll be there with us this Friday. Tip is at 730 uh, we might be doing pregame a little on the earlier side so we can go yes. and hang out for a while before tip-off and yes. hang out with our fellow Bulls fans. Mm-hmm. And we will be back uh, tomorrow for pregame of game two. Late tip-off, 8.30 Chicago time. Double dose. Don't worry, Mark. I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, which means... <laughs> I eight, still am. <laughs> eight, Will's going to complain about it because well, he has to go back oh, sorry, right, right. to Devil Town, a.k.a. Wisconsin, and cover <laughs> an 8.30 tip. 
Um, oh, but so man. we will be here for pregame at eight o'clock, and then we will be back here for postgame as well, following the conclusion of game two. Yes, we will. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter. Won't Gottlieb. Won't. Bow. BAWL Sports. Bow. Bulls underscore Peck. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Thanks as always for tuning in and watching and the comments. Hit that thumbs up if you like today's show. Click it. Appreciate it. Press it. Subscribe. All that fun stuff. All that. And sign up for CHGO membership because duh. Duh. For our producer, Joey, Will, Big Dave, everybody hanging out with us here at our studios. We got more shows on deck. We got Cubs and Sox on deck. (laughs) Casey's hanging out here. I think we got a bet show coming up this afternoon with Cody and John. Tons more content. Keep it locked here at CHGO Sports on YouTube. See you, Red. Be good.